0: The schedule is out, we've got a rookie minicamp going, let's talk about that. Good morning listeners, my name is Wes Taylor and I am the host, the one and only host of the Daily Panthers podcast, produced, executive produced, written, directed by me, yours truly, the only person on this payroll of zero dollars. It is I, and today we're going to be talking about Rookie Minicamp and also the schedule release. Now, I got to say this about the NFL. They know how to drag something out. They know how to get eyeballs on the screen. Now, as you all probably know, it's nothing compared to like the World Cup that has like, I don't know, like a billion people who watch it. But the Super Bowl in America, obviously, is the biggest event by far on television. And... The NFL has done a great job of drawing eyeballs to the NFL outside of the regularly scheduled season. They've gotten to the point now where the NFL draft is like a three-day event where you do the first round by itself, which is a relatively new thing, and then second, third, and fourth round on Friday, and then on a Saturday in the afternoon, you've got the last three rounds, and all the numbers are still really good for those. You've got like hundreds of thousands of people at the draft in person, so it's just become like a spectacle and they're I think they're trying to do that with the schedule release as well. But the thing about the schedule release is they have like the date where they release the schedule after the season and then they have the schedule release and then they have like a set time where the teams are allowed to release it. But then you have people leaking the schedule all day. It's like are you gonna make it tight-lipped or not? Are you gonna have leaks or not? Are you and some of it was like official from the NFL, some of it was official from the teams, some of it was just leaked by media members. It's like, is it, like, it was just a mess, honestly. And the NFL, I don't think that they care, because, I mean, it gets people talking, but I'm I'm like, just just let the schedule out. I, the, I think the Panthers even deleted a tweet. I don't have proof of this. I just saw the tweet, and then it went away, and then it came back. Maybe Twitter was glitching, and that wouldn't be anything new. But with the schedule release, the Panthers had released the schedule, and then had taken it away, and I couldn't find it, and then I could find it, so... It's become a bit much, honestly. It's like, just put the schedule out there. Stop trying to make everything an event. But it is basically like the media Super Bowl for the social media teams. Like, all the videos they post of their schedule releases, it's become a lot of fun. And uh, there's some good ones out there. I know the Titans had, like, everybody's favorite with the people who didn't know football. I just want to know how many people they had come up there that were football fans that just named the teams. And then it was a hella boarding video and then they had those people who maybe, or maybe not, were real or not. I don't know if they were actors or what, but it was a quality video. Got a lot of views. Um, I really enjoyed the Panthers release video. If you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have because I don't think you listen to a an obscure podcast on the internet, but don't keep up with the Panthers Twitter or wherever they may release the video, the YouTube channel. I think they probably put it up there. I saw it on Twitter, but... Yeah, so if you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. But my personal favorite was the Maury <laughs> video where the Bengals were not the father. and They did not have to play the Panthers. So a lot of cat teams in one place. We love a cat team. So shout out to all the other cat teams. We hate the bird teams, especially the Falcons, Eagles, all of them. Hate ya. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's become quite the spectacle. The social media aspect is a lot of fun, though, I will admit. And the Panthers, since um, if you look at the difference between what they did when Matt Rule was here versus what they have done since he's left, it's like last year they did the most tame. Like it was a cool video, it was like a 90s thing. And um, it was really neat. And then you've got this video this year where it's like just, I would just describe the video as straight up goofy chaos. Like you have Maury, you have JJ Jansen as a director. You have Brian Burns as Spider-Man. And you have like six other different scenes going on. It was incredible, honestly. It's like that's what the social media is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be as serious as the product on the field. It's The social media team has nothing to do with the coaches. And yes, the players play along, but it's not like it takes that much time. And also, it's the offseason. They do have things outside of football. So I think that it's fine, and anyone who thinks it's too serious, I don't know what to tell you. It's, they are human, so it's it's just good fun. And um, we haven't had that since Matt Rule was there, so it's nice that he's not controlling everything again, and that he doesn't give a crap about social media, or Frank Reich doesn't. Frank Reich probably doesn't even have social media, to be honest. He's pretty old. I um, I would not be surprised if he doesn't use social media at all, but... Yeah, all in all, the schedule release was a success. I thought it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it's going to be one of the last things we have for the next couple of months. So watch it a few times. Enjoy it. Because as I've mentioned multiple times, things are about to slow down. And we had Rookie Minicamp this past weekend. It looked like, for all intents and purposes, everything went fine. It didn't seem like anything was too... Out of sorts, Bryce Young looked nice. He was there early on the first day, so early that the Panthers' social media actually missed him coming out because he was there like an hour before practice actually started doing workouts and stuff. And then he was there early the second day, but they didn't miss him. So, you know, this is the type of stuff that you knew you would see out of Bryce Young. This is not the type of stuff that we worry about. Jonathan Mingo was also there really early. Shout out to him. They both got there like an hour before practice even started. So I think that we have picked both of them very well, but you know, it's, it's like um, Greg Popovich used to say, he's like, you have to have a guy with buy-in, but it's like, you can't have a bunch of guys with buy-in with no talent. I'm not saying that's not Bracey Young. Obviously he has talent. It's just like, it makes me root for him even more. And I'm like, please, please succeed. I want you to succeed so badly. It's not going to be because he threw it away or didn't try, which makes me even more nervous because I really, really want him to succeed because he's there on time. He does all the right things. He says all the right things. It's like he's never in trouble. He doesn't even have a girlfriend. Not that that would be a problem, but it's like, you know, he's not blowing all his money. He's not like John Morant or something. So you just get that like he's a good kid. That's like, yeah, he's 21, 22, but you just get that like he's a good guy. And I really want him to do well. So I'm really rooting for him. I bought his jersey, but it looks like it won't be here until 2026. I mean, God, Fanatics. The monopoly that Fanatics has on the sports world is just insane. How they were able to buy tops and um, like basically every contract for jerseys in the NFL. I think they have a contract with MLS, NBA. I mean, they're all over the place. And it's so annoying that they just have a monopoly on all this because their stuff is not that good. And ever since they took over in the baseball card world, I don't really like their products, man. I like tops, I collect baseball cards. I, I've always been a tops guy. And Fanatics is gonna start making them soon, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. I mean, I'm sure tops will continue to produce them, but everything that Fanatics is as a piece of is usually trash or usually crap. Um, usually poor quality um, poor service i mean the delivery time on that bryce young jersey it's a screen printed jersey because your boy can't afford stitch is it says october 10th it's like what is today right like may 15th so i'm like it's gonna take me june july august september it's gonna take five months for a screen printed jersey why materials are we still using the supply chain as an excuse because there's all kinds of other jerseys that are available are we like is it because of him not picking a number like he has a number already so i don't know what it is and i don't know if other rookies are going to be available or what i haven't tried this is the first panther jersey actually that i've ever been able to buy just financially because they are expensive So I'm a little disappointed that it is going to take the rest of my life to receive it. By the time I get it, Bryce Young might be retired, but I am excited to receive it. And I just wish that Fanatics didn't have such a monopoly on everything. If you ever want to look up monopolies, Fanatics is a big one. Live Nation, if you're not familiar with that, they have a huge monopoly as well. So those two monopolies are like the ones that affect me the most where I'm like, I wish that they both didn't exist. But oh, well, politics, you know just one of those things, and so that all that being said, Bryce Young is doing and saying all the right things, Jonathan Mingo seems like he's doing well, DJ Johnson has some highlights, but as I said before, I'm not looking much into rookie camp. it's it's not a that big of a deal, I do hope, selfishly enough, that Cameron Peoples-Jones can get on the practice squad at least, he's an App State grad, I'm rooting for him, he's the only running back in rookie camp, so Hopefully not much competition. He's got the body of a pro. The dude is physical. He's a he's a bruiser. So I am looking forward to seeing him, hopefully in the preseason. And um, hopefully the DBs balled out. We really didn't get to see that much of rookie minicamp. It was pretty hush-hush, pretty shut down. Um, I looked up even if you could attend, and it looked like it wasn't even open to the public, period. And there were mostly just media members there. And they all seemed fairly impressed with Bryce Young at this point I mean he's in pads throwing to people who we haven't even heard of I I saw one specifically I can't remember who it was but they said it was like an off script throw that was very good so I mean we don't judge our guys based on shorts and t-shirts anyway and um, there's not really anything in rookie minicamp that's going to make you say like oh we made the right choice now it could be the opposite though I have always said like with training camp rookie minicamp you're not going to necessarily find the guys who are going to be stars, but you will find the guys who are going to be duds. So if there was anything major going bad or anything major that happened, you know you'd hear about it. So it's it's just good to see him in a Panthers jersey performing. And I, I've really enjoyed watching it so far. I just wish that they would have let us in practice a little bit more. And when is Panthers confidential going to drop? I think it dropped around this time last year. So I hope they do it again. They never really talk about it until it actually drops. They're never like, oh, hey, in two weeks, we're going to drop Camp Panther's Confidential. It's like they always want to leave us like wondering if it's actually going to happen. I assume it will. I hope it will. If it's not, then I don't really like it's like one of my favorite things literally of all year. I love to get the behind the scenes. I would love for us to get Hard Knocks or our own version of it. So the the behind-the-scenes stuff is almost more exciting to me than some of the actual games, especially the way the Panthers have played in the last few years. The draft confidential last year was like the highlight of the whole year to me, outside of like beating Tom Brady and um, the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, But we'll get to that in just a minute. But yeah, I really hope that they bring back Panthers confidential. But let's talk about this schedule. So I've got it pulled up here. I tried to memorize it, but... You know, it is a lot of stuff and I am not getting paid for this. So I did my best. So let's just go through the preseason first. So we've got the Jets. That is going to be a fun little preseason game. They don't know when they're going to play it yet. I don't really know why, but it's TBD. Then number two, we have the Giants in week two preseason. And then Lions, August 25th at 8 p.m. That one is like set. So that one could be a lot of fun as well. That one's at home. So we get two home preseason games, one away preseason game, and then, if I remember correctly, eight home games and nine away games during the regular season. Yeah, so um, let's just go through the schedule, and uh, we'll wrap it up here in just a second. But week one, September 10th, 1 p.m., the Falcons. Week two, Saints. So we start off first two weeks in the division. Then the Seahawks, Vikings, Lions, Dolphins away at 1 p.m. That's gonna be hot af. Then an early bye week, week seven. Then we've got the Texans October 29th at 1 p.m. We got the Colts November 5th. Bears Thursday night football on November 9th, coming off a of Bears bye week. How is that fair? And then November 19th against the Cowboys. That'll probably be televised. Um, and then. Uh, we got the Titans November twenty six, the Bucks, the Saints, and then the Falcons TBD. Then Christmas Eve, the Packers at home. New Year's at the um, New Year's Eve at the Jaguars, and then last week eighteen TBD against the Bucks, which should be an easy win. So let's go through these um, these parts of the schedule like in quarters. So, this first four games, we've got games. Um, it's it's a pretty tough start, but I also want to know, why is everyone so worried about the Falcons? What have the Falcons done to really, like, make themselves a contender or to even be scary? Is it Bijan John Robinson? What, adding a really good running back to an already r- elite rush attack? Like, did they not already have, like, what, one of the top three rush attacks in the whole NFL and now they're adding B. John Robinson to it. What? What is? What is that gonna do? It's not like it's gonna like double their rush. You can only have you only have one ball, so it's not like Bijan is just gonna make them double their running. It's like I I just am not scared. Of, and who's their quarterback? Desmond Ritter. Are we really that nervous about Desmond Ritter? I think that's an easy Week One win. I'm not gonna lie. I think that's like a win by two touchdowns. Just based off of our run game and our defense against Desmond Ritter, what is there to worry about with him? Hmm? Is it even gonna be him at that point? I assume so. All right, they released um oh boy from Hawaii from Oregon. Oh my gosh! Well, they released him. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly. So, and people keep saying like the Falcons and the Saints are like playing for the division. In what world? Why are we on the outside looking in of that conversation? That's some bull. Because we were the worst team out of any of them last year, and we finished with a better record than both of them, if I remember correctly. Uh, if not better than comparable, we went four and two in the division, and we really should have been five and one. Could have been six and zero oh if we had two healthy quarterbacks against the Bucks, and Mike Evans didn't play out of his freaking mind, and then. So the Saints, it's like everyone has already ordained the Saints as the division winners because of who? Derek Carr? We're supposed to be worried about Derek Carr? He had a comparable roster with the Raiders, and they ended up with a top 10 pick. I'm pretty sure they were the pick right before the Saints, or either right before us, if I remember. So it's like 7-8-9 was us, and then the Falcons were around there, and the Saints we're around there. So I'm not really worried about him with the Raiders. I think they had the seventh pick, if I remember. So why why is Derek Carr automatically the division winner? He think about his offense with the Raiders. He had Josh Jacobs, he had uh, uh Darren Waller, he had Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. And he's going to go from that to the Saints, who, still good, but the running back is suspended. Alvin Kamara suspended, I'm pretty sure, for, I want to say, six games. If he doesn't get suspended, if he hasn't already, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't. And then, they do have very good receiving core. I do um like their receiving core, and I think that their offense is good, but... The Raiders' offense is, was better, uh, better running back in my opinion. If you want to debate Alvin Kamara versus Josh Jacobs, that's fine. I'll take Josh Jacobs, M- much better overall receiver. Devonte Adams probably in the top three conversation of best receivers in the NFL. Period. You, Olave is very good, um, but you know it's it's Devonte Adams. And Michael Thomas, it's always hurt. We can't count him right now. And then Hunter Renfro, very solid receiver as well. So you know, I don't I think the Raiders offense is hand over fist better. And then you take Derek Carr and put him with a worse offense, in my opinion. And you expect a better result? What is it because they were playing the Chiefs two times a year and then the Chargers two times a year as well? And then the Broncos twice a year, but the Broncos weren't good. The Chargers are mediocre to average. I mean, they did make the playoffs. That's good, but they lost first round. And the year before that, they did not make the playoffs. The Raiders put them out of it um, with their... I think the Raiders were like 8-9. and So it's not like the Raiders have been balling out with Derek Carr, and he was in a better situation. Their defense, the... Saints' defense is better than the Raiders' defense was. The Raiders' defenses were pretty horrid, so I will give them that. But also, this Saints' defense, if by all my accounts, I'm pretty sure they're aging pretty rapidly. I wouldn't be surprised if they were one of the older defenses in the NFL. I could be totally wrong about that. I haven't looked it up. But I just – I don't know. I mean, we really beat the Saints last year with – I'm pretty sure our quarterback had two interceptions, and like five completions the whole game, and we still won. So, yeah, it's not something that I'm too terribly worried about with the Saints or the Falcons. I really think we start that season out two and zero right there. And uh, we got some people predicting us go zero and six or two and four, one and five in that range. I do not see that. There is no way on God's green earth we lose to the Falcons and the Saints to start off the season. You could say hopium, copium. Whatever the heck you want to call it. But there is no freaking way we start out the season 0-2. and 2. Not a chance. And we're playing the Saints in prime time. Monday night football. At home. Home opener. Rookie quarterback. Monday night football. It's going to be insane. And there's going to be a lot of Saints fans up here traveling. I welcome y'all. I do. But stop yelling very specific things from the 500s. No one can hear you. Stop jeering, cheering, whatever you want to say about a specific player. Boo, cheer, two basic things. That's it. Boo or cheer. Do not yell very specific directions at players from the 500s. They cannot hear you. The only people that can hear you are the ones around you who don't want to hear you. So if you would, please. Also, the Saints fans are large people. They are big the food down in New Orleans is delicious. It's some of my favorite food on the planet. I love seafood. And I love a low, low country boil. And so do they. Zion did not gain weight because he went somewhere with bad food. Um, so Saints fans are loud and they take up a lot of space. They do. That's just a fact. So I, um, when I went to the Saints game this year, I was very surprised. Um, they seemed very nice. But man, are they annoying. Stop yelling very specific directions from the 500s. That's my chant this year. Um, And then week three, possibly our first loss. I could see it. Um, Seahawks, um, they are looking good this year. But we beat them last year. Did we not? We made Geno Smith look pretty pedestrian. And they just re-signed him. So, I mean, we've got a lot of quote-unquote good teams on our roster that, you know, I think that we could beat and then the vikings that's probably a loss let's just be realistic but the vikings were also like one snap away about 10 times from losing 12 games last year I think they went 12 and four 13 and sorry 13 and four and they won like 10 games by one score or less so they could be pretenders I think they could potentially take a step back this year especially that defense they worry me so yeah the Vikings, they're in that second tier of teams that aren't actually good, but win. Um, So uh, that could be a loss as well. The Lions, that seems to be everybody's hot pick this year. But I just, I don't know that I see it. Their draft was not my favorite. And they they got a running back. I don't remember the other position they got. Uh, It's escaping me. But yeah, I'm not too worried about the Lions. The Dolphins, I think we lose that game. And then we get a buy, So I'll do an overall schedule prediction here at the end. But let's just keep going. So we got a week 7 bye. That's a pretty early buy. I prefer my buys around like 9 or 10 personally just for the team. But, you know, I'm not in the NFL. I've never been anywhere close to it. So I don't really know what they prefer. Maybe they like that. But then after that, you have 10 games in a row, one of which is... A Thursday night game where we play on November 5th and November 9th, but I'll get there in a second. October 29th against the Texans, matchup against pick one and pick two, CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. Once and for all, to settle the debate. If we don't win that game, I will be very surprised. And then we have the Colts, Anthony Richardson versus Bryce Young, back to back weeks. Well, back, really, you'll see back to back to back weeks against the other young talent in the NFL, um, but against the Colts at home so we have the Texans and the colts back-to-back weeks at home i might try to go to those games this will be a lot of fun but so think about that those two i think those two are going to be wins and then you have the bears in an easy win oh easiest win of the season but that game does scare me because we played the colts late in the day that's our we have one, two, two games that are at four o'clock, and that's one of them. So we play the Colts at four. We get done about seven thirty, eight o'clock, and they are still in the locker room probably at nine on that Sunday. They'll probably fly out on Monday to Chicago, and then they're there Tuesday, Wednesday, two full practice days, and then Thursday, boom. They're there. It's game time. So from end of game to beginning of game, they have, let's see, 24 hours to Monday, 24 hours to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 24 times four, 96 hours between the end of their game on November 5th to the start of their game on November 9th. So we got major league screwed against the NFL by the NFL there. So I would not be surprised if that Bears game slips up into an L. Um, I don't think it will, but. It would not be surprising just based off of the schedule. And then we get the Cowboys with 10 days rest. So that'll be nice. That, that little mini buy. So they could also flex us to Thursday night games. I don't know how that's going to work. I doubt we'll get flex. Because we're not going to be one of those teams that want they want to flex right now. But that's insanity to me. Uh, but we have the Cowboys 10 days later at home. That could go either way i would probably say it's going to be a loss um, And then we have the titans away bucks away saints away so that three game away stretch that's brutal and then we have basically four out of five away there so we're in chicago we come back home and then we're in nashville Florida, and then New Orleans, so at least they are close travel, and they're all at 1pm, so while it may look like a brutal road trip, as far as road trips go, location-wise, it's really not that bad, I mean, the flight to Nashville is like an hour, to Tampa, like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, and then to New Orleans, an hour and a half again, so it's like all these flights, super short, charter flights, private jets, whatever you want to call them, uh, so... You know, as far as road trips go, if you had to take a three-game road trip, that's really not that bad. And then you've got the Falcons in Atlanta. We don't know what time yet. Or sorry, at home. We don't know what time yet, um, but I think that's going to be another win. Packers, Christmas Eve, I think that's a win. Jacksonville away, I think that is a loss. I think that they are going to be good this year. I mean, they were a playoff team. They won a game and they took the Bucks or not the Bucks. Took the Chiefs to the wire. So, I yeah, I think they're going to lose the Jacksonville and then I think we're going to wax Tampa to end the season. So, I think. So, let me do my final schedule predictions here. So, game 1 against the Falcons away, win, so 1 and 0. Saints at home, Monday Night Football, easy win, 2 and 0. We prove everyone that Derek Carr is not the answer in New Orleans. At Seattle, after being on Monday Night Football, that's a tough road trip. That's the tough road trip right there. So I think that's a loss. Uh, two and one. And then a loss at home to the Vikings, two and two. Went on the road against Detroit, three and two. A loss on the road at Miami, three and three. So we're going to the bye week at 500, which, you know, that's. And that's a tough six game stretch. I think that we would take three and three out of that six game stretch, but we got to win those first two. And I think we will, but we got to. And then after that, back to back wins at five and three against the Texans and the Colts. Oh, this Bears game, this Bears game. Five and three, Bears running quarterback. Oh, I think that's a loss. And then a loss to the cowboys so five and five then i think we beat the titans i think i think we sweep this road trip eight and five sweeping the road trip then we beat the falcons easily nine and five beat the packers easily ten and five and then we lose to jacksonville ten and six and then we beat the bucks eleven and six so that is a very generous uh, schedule by me i'm i don't know i wasn't paying attention I came out with 11 wins i don't okay let me let me rephrase this well, if you ask me what our record would be i would not say 11 and six if you just ask me like hey weston what do you think our records gonna be i would not say 11 and six but going through it game by game going through it game by game I can see 11 and six that's what I think best case scenario it's Probably twelve and five because I gave the Bears the game, so I almost went best case scenario. <laughs> uh, and then worst case scenario. Let's do a worst case scenario. So we come out of the gates against Falcons. Their renewed defense takes us to the cleaners. Zero and one. The Saints. Derek Carr is the answer. Zero and two. Hard game. Hard road game against the Seahawks across the country after a Monday Night Football. Zero and three. The Vikings who are like what 13 wins last year Owen and four lions up and coming revenge game owen and five dolphins clearly superior roster great offense Owen and six so we go into the bye week Owen and six instead of three and three texans i think we win that one one and six colts mm, i think we win that one two and six bears two and seven we lose that game because of the short, 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 short rest. Was that two and seven? And then um, we lose to the Cowboys two and eight. Lose to the Titans two and nine. Beat the Bucks three and nine. Lose to the Saints three and ten. Beat the Falcons at home four and ten. Lose to the Packers because their new QB is actually the answer. Love, and then lose the Jags, and then beat the. So I think worst case scenario, like five and 12, which is pretty much been our best case scenario the last four years. So I know last season we had seven wins, but um, yeah, I, I think we could go 11 and six. I don't know how I came to that conclusion, but hopium, copium, whatever you want to call it. I got it. 11 and six, baby. Write it down. Quote me whatever you want to do. Barring injuries, 11 and freaking 6. There will be injuries, but 11 and 6. With Bryce Young at the helm, he is the truth. We go to the playoffs in his first year. I could see it. I could see it. We're going to do it. 11 and 6. And then, yep, I think that that's a wrap, folks. So look for it. Bryce Young is the answer. I will talk to you all tomorrow. See ya.